Hi, my name is Jenny Justice Neumeyer, and you're listening to Life Behind the Scene, Mommy Monday. Welcome, and thank you for listening today. Well, today I want to talk about screen time. I didn't know why it was bothering me so much at the beginning of this year, but I really felt it like, you know what, we we just spend too much time as a family, on screens, individually, separately, and I was like, you know what, January, we're going to be screen free. And oh my gosh, was it just so annoying. I wish I could sit here and say, oh my God, it was so rewarding. We grew so much closer, like some people that you see online, and it's like, oh my god, it was so amazing. No, it was horrible. Um, Mia was, and to be honest, um, I I have shared with y'all that I've only been married two years. We're in a blended family, so I'm not gonna lie and be hypocritical. It is easier for me to just give the tablet to Mia and say, hey, <laughs> go watch this while we spend the evening chit-chatting. However, I was like, this is not good for our family, for us blending, and I'm eliminating screen time. Well, I really didn't discuss this with my husband, Scott. Kind of just said, this is the law of the land. He was not on board. So what was happening was Mia was bringing all of her toys into the living room. And he was pulling up YouTube videos on topics that were relevant enough to turn on the TV. <laughs> so we could watch TV. Phone usage and laptop usage skyrocketed. And it, it just, it just was not good. It was not good. And this is not the first time that this is, this has happened. So it is a struggle and apparently it's a, it's a struggle for a lot of people because when I went to Google just how much screen and you know how Google automatically populates the highest ranking questions it was how much screen time for kids how much screen time how much screen time is too much how much screen time should kids have how much screen time for toddlers how much screen time for a four-year-old how much screen time is healthy so in order to rank this high there's a lot of people googling googling that's the Texas way of saying Googling. And I did a little bit of research on this and I found that kids and teens aged to 18 spend an average of more than seven hours a day looking at screens. And the screens can be tablets, phones, TVs, computer monitors, laptop monitors, just screens in general. Other studies have shown that excessive screen time can be harmful to children's health, like increasing obesity, disrupting sleep. Other studies have found that Teens that use electronic media at night are more at risk for sleep disturbances and symptoms of depression, which depression is on a rise and and a lot of people talk about or link depression to social media, but I just think it's just kind of like overall. Um, Mia is eight years old and one day she gets in the car and she's just distraught because she doesn't have anything electronic and she tells me that it's not fair because I have six electronic things and I was like what are you talking about and so she went on to list that I had a work computer, a home computer, a laptop, an iPad, and a phone. Oh she was counting my Fitbit watch which 
she had used one day to go to school. And I asked her why she was bringing this up. And she said, well, I'm the only one at school that doesn't have anything electronic. And I said, well, (laughs) uh, what do you mean? She goes, well, all I have is this. And and she had been using this little cute camera. It was pink and it had little games on it. And granted, I'm not going to lie. I probably was pushing the boundary here. I think it's like for a four-year-old. Actually, I I just paused this to look up the camera that she has with video games. And it's for age range three to five. So yeah, I'm pushing the boundary on that one. I did feel really bad because apparently she took it to school and was... Um, told that this was for babies. So thankfully my mom saved the day because she had bought her a watch with apparently cooler games or something and that seemed to stave off the discussion. As a matter of fact she said I didn't we didn't have to get her anything electronic because now she had that watch. Now she wore it one day to school and hasn't said anything since then. But this was also in January (laughs) when we were going through this like minimizing of screen time. You know, my husband said something that was true. Uh, He said, you can't just cut out screen time. It also matters on what you replace it with. And that was true. We really didn't replace it with anything. And so the evenings were just kind of like, we're just sitting on the couch, staring at each other, just being annoyed. So it's like, you know, back in the day, you know, you could go sit outside, you would sit and talk, kids would play outside in the street. And so this has just really been bugging me, this the screen time thing. And then I, in my research for this podcast, I found that Dr. Gary Chapman, who I talked about, wrote The Love Languages, of course, has written a book about growing up social, raising relational kids in a screen-driven world. I am totally going to get this book. I'm going to reference several websites, several articles in this podcast, and I will have all of these references listed so that you can find them if you're looking for more research as well. I loved how Crosswalk.com, they had an article about are you giving your kids too much screen time? And they talked about how before tablets and smartphones, kind of like how I was saying, how were evenings spent with families? Kids played and they use their imagination and I am very thankful. Mia has an amazing imagination. She could entertain herself without a screen. But the article talked about how kids learned playing together. That's how they learned how to maneuver life. And there's a book out there that is everything I needed to learn I learned in kindergarten. And it's so true because they talk about how the kids in play learned how to be creative and empathetic to a friend who skinned their knee. They learned how to interact with one another and handle negotiating, dealing with winning and losing and just real world relational skills that you don't get when you're on the screen. Does the screen kind of show, and I'm not saying all screen time is bad and there's, you know, 
pretty harmless entertainment programs and movies out there. There's educational programs and movies out there. So I'm just talking about just screen time in general, not going into what your child is watching or anything. That's up to each parent's discretion. I will talk a little bit about that later, but I mean, ultimately it's up to each household, but it's just this like how much of it are we doing? Back to what Crosswalk was saying, it's not only the influence of good and or bad, but it's also just like you can't get the opportunities for emotional growth and this just this way to handle social interaction. They went on to say that video games are designed to bring pleasure to the brain and players, and I'm gonna quote them, players accumulate points, earn rewards, and reach higher levels. Each success rewards your child with the squirt of dopamine, giving that feeling of euphoria. So the more a child plays, the more he or she wants to play. Sounds like an addiction to me. I mean, all of these articles are pretty long, but the other thing that they did say that I want to, I will probably reference later is children always do better if they have clear boundaries. Screen time is a place where you must set limits and parameters that are best for your family. And then they end with this sentence. Otherwise, by default, screen time will take over your child's free time. I guess that's what was kind of bothering me because... I was seeing that by default, it's like, oh, well, I don't have any homework to do or I don't have this exact one thing to do. I'm going to watch something. And I think that was also kind of bugging me. Allaboutvision.com was written um, from like the vision perspective and the, the main focus of their article was talking about the amount of blue light. And it's like all of these things have an impact and we don't even realize it. The the Vision Council on this article said that 30% of parents report that their children experience at least one of the following symptoms after being exposed to more than two hours of screen time per day. Headaches, neck and shoulder pain, eye strain or dry or irritated eyes, reduced attention span, poor behavior, irritability. Sound... Does this sound familiar? The Mayo Clinic, um, I really liked what they had to say about encouraging digital literacy. I'm realizing, uh, me and I had a talk the other day when we were driving, um, from school because we went on this cruise, um, over a week ago, but it was 10 days, uh, that she was, you know, kind of between my mom's and my sister's house. And in casual conversation, my sister mentioned that she had the tablet, jumped in the car, put the tablet on, put her headphones on. So in the car, I mentioned to her, I said, look, you know, she had had an incident at my mom's and that happened. And I said, look, you're getting older and you're not making very good decisions. You're going to be making decisions the older you get. So we kind of talked about her decisions that she had made and, you know, why she had made them. And... Um, and I went on to explain to her, uh, a little bit more. I mean, how, how much can you explain to an eight year old, um, about digital literacy? But as much as I could explain as to, um, in an eight year old manner, why limiting digital and being careful what you see is important. This conversation will continue, needs to continue age appropriately. So, but to have that open conversation 
always going because everything is always changing. Another thing that Mayo Clinic mentioned was setting limits for older children. Some of the things that they mentioned were prioritizing unplugged, unstructured playtime, creating tech-free zones or times, such as mealtime or one night a week, discouraging the use of media entertainment during homework, set and enforce daily or weekly screen time limits, consider using apps to control the length of time, require your children to charge their devices outside of their bedrooms at night. This is actually very good for adults as well. Keep screens out of your child's bedroom. This is something that just came up with Mia Mia, uh, another conversation. Uh, She asked for a TV in her room because apparently some of her friends have TVs in their room. Growing up in a household with no TV, I'm like, kid, you have it pretty easy. You got a TV and a tablet you can use and a phone you can use. You don't need one in your room. Um, so, uh, limiting your own screen time. And I talk a little bit more about this later. Eliminating background TV. And I think because... I grew up without a TV that actually kind of annoys me personally when the TV is always on. I'd rather have music on personally, but it's kind of hard to tell your children, hey, you know, we're we're eliminating screen time, but the TV's on. Some other tips on limiting or setting limits for screen time, putting filters for your internet, actually physically turning off of your, turning your internet off, leaving your internet off for a whole day. Now with smartphones, you don't need the internet. (laughs) So, um, this kind of goes back to just putting the phones away, putting devices away while eating meals together, which is something that Scott and I recently agreed to. When we go to a restaurant, Mia may play on my phone until the food gets there, but during the actual food time, phone is off, phone is away. Again, keeping devices in a centralized area, not in bedrooms, just setting actual timers to limit game time. The Mayo Clinic also kind of went back to teaching appropriate behavior online, encouraging digital literacy, but also teaching the behavior is important. The Mayo Clinic also talked about teaching your children not only about how to use it, when to use it, and being wise to use it, but what to see. They talked about how online relationships and social media have become a major part of adolescent life, but they need to understand appropriate behavior on social media and what is appropriate behavior for people reaching out to them. So this kind of got me thinking. So I was like, okay... From a Christian perspective, what do people have to say? And from christianpost.com, it was very, very interesting article uh, because they mentioned that children with daily screen usage of more than seven hours show premature thinning of the brain cortex. And this is the outermost layer that processes information from the physical world. And so this kind of goes back to a conversation that I had a couple of months ago. We were talking about the mental fortitude of young adults today. And like it was in an older group and it was like, man, just the mental fortitude is not there. Like to just get through life. Like I don't understand what is going on with these young kids and their 
in their mid-20s. This was just kind of just stood out to me when I was researching because I was like, wow, um, if they're having trouble processing information from the physical world and don't know how to handle things and having that mental fortitude, is it, could it be that all of the digital impact results in that? And they did say, while it's too soon to know the certainty that screen time usage causes a change in brains, um, this is on the the science radar. Another thing that this ChristianPost.com mentioned in this article was that experts warn that victims of digital addiction can experience destructive dependence, extreme change of personality, isolation, and physical signs during withdrawal. So they ended this article with something that just really impacted me. And it said, the writer said, I would add this, community is vital to our souls. And we were made to do life together. And by contrast, technology isolates us. A computer or handheld device is intentionally isolating. It's hard for two people to use one keyboard or focus on the same screen. Such isolation can be devastating. And Scott and I, I mentioned uh, that I was thankful for family life because they are all about bringing the family together, keeping marriages together. And they talked about how isolation is what happens in a marriage when the husband and wife move apart from each other. If they're not moving towards oneness, they're moving towards isolation. I found this very interesting for this to be the conclusion of this article because I think that is what bothered me was that you know, Mia's always been alone. And and at the beginning of our marriage, she was in her room, not even in the same room. She was like away, away in her room. Just, and I didn't realize that it was isolation that was bothering me. And that is not good. It is not good. So there's like much more impact and a domino effect that I don't even think we 100% realize. We were meant to live life together. Uh, In our Adulting Tuesday talk, uh, we talked about how uh, millennials are looking for jobs with purpose and they want companies who have community and culture. And why is that? Because our world, our society has moved away. Our American society has moved away from that. And so this kind of goes back to it. It's like we yearn for this community and we yearn for this family. And yet everything about our digital world is moving us toward isolation. I found this really interesting article because it's like, how much time for my kids? How much time for my kids? How much time is, you know, how much, how was this impacting my kids? What can I do to limit my kids' time? And it's like all on the kids. And I ran across this article, The Dangers of Distracted Parenting by Erica Christakis. And the headline just screamed at me. And it said, when it comes to children's development, parents should worry less about kids' screen time and more about their own. This was written back in 2018. More than screen-obsessed young children, we should be concerned about tuned-out parents. She goes on to talk about the engagement between parent and child is increasingly low quality, how parents are constantly present in their child's lives physically, but are less 
emotionally attuned. She goes on to talk about how there is substantial evidence that suggests many types of screen time, especially those involving fast-paced pictures, which I remember hearing about when I was a child, are, are violent imagery are damaging to young brains. This has already been scientifically proven. She goes on to say, since 1970, the average age of onset of regular screen use has gone from four years old to just four months. And I do recall that there was a video circulating and it's this baby and it was kind of actually kind of creepy of the baby. I don't know if you saw it, but the baby had a, a smartphone and then somebody took it away and the baby just like screams and this baby can barely even sit up. And I don't know, it's just like, oh my God, my soul was just like, ugh. That is so creepy and scary. But Erica goes on to say that time spent on devices is not time spent actively exploring the world and relating to other human beings. And then there was a study with some moms and toddlers and teaching them and how that break, you know, you just, you hear the ding, you hear the notification and you pick up the phone to read a text and your attention is removed away from what you're doing. And if what you're doing is interacting with your child, that attention breaks from your child. And that just really was like, I mean, a lot of this is coming from my own self-driven search for my family, my child. So I, this is a lot of this I'm, I'm just sharing because maybe you're on this same journey. This really just kind of spoke to me because the experiment was that the toddlers couldn't learn when the flow of conversation was broken by the parent picking up the cell phone or looking at the phone, the distraction. I loved how she concluded her article by saying, under the circumstances, it is easier to focus our anxieties on our children's screen time than to pack up our own devices. And that just kind of like hit me between the eyes. And I was like, well, okay, Miss Erica, you might have a point there. There was a couple of articles where they talked about digital addictions. Digital addiction hasn't been officially formally recognized by the people who recognize addictions, but I have an article included that they talk about the addiction, internet addiction, video game addiction, social media, smartphone, technology addiction. There is a pornography addiction that's recognized. It's like all of these things go in the same category as pornography now, um, and they're increasingly common. Their point of this, because this is from people who deal with addictions, was you might be addicted and not even realize it. And if you feel agitated or uncomfortable when you can't use it or you, you know, everybody's like freaks out when they lose their phone. It's like, oh my gosh, I feel naked. Their whole article is just like, hey, look at yourself. This might be an addiction. This might be something that you are, you know, are suffering from. They do say that there are obvious parallels with drug and alcohol addiction to with internet addiction. In another article by Christianity Today, it was an interesting article that talked about smartphones and screen time is not only changing the way we think, but more concerning, it's hijacking our attention. And the word that keeps resonating with me for 2020 
is intentional. I keep this word just keeps popping up when things I read and things I'm listening to, even in conversations I'm in or hearing, intentional, which means to be done on purpose. And how many times do we get online? And it, I mean, it, it's not always social media. You can do it on YouTube, but you get on and you look at one video and then like three hours later, you're, you've watched this marathon of videos and you get to like just some random video that has nothing to do with the video you started. And I mean, and that can happen with anything. Um, but specifically with with screen time, it's definitely taking our attention away from whatever it is that we need to be intentional about. In allthings.org, uh, they had another... They had an article that talked about, um, I liked the tips of families need to talk about what healthy technology looks like. Talk is not enough. Parents need to model healthy technology use. Because we parents also struggle to use technology in a healthy way, we need to set ground rules, not only for our children, but for ourselves. And I thought these were like really good guidelines that they gave within their article. And lastly, from the study.com, I liked how they ended it, uh, how they ended their article saying, finally, it is possible for parents to use their personal technology in order to evade their responsibility to love and teach and discipline their children. In this case, the tablet or smartphone can distract the parent from their parenting task. And these devices can be given to the child so that the parent can have some undistracted time to focus on other things. In this latter case, it is all too easy to allow our kids to be merely entertained by the screen rather than learning from or producing something with it. I understand when you have things to do, especially to the single parents out there. Like, you can't even breathe sometimes. It's like, here, just watch this movie. Just watch this. (laughs) Leave me alone for a few minutes so I can do something. But this kind of like checked me too, because it was like, it is hard to parent. It is. And then if you've worked that day, if you've had a bad day, if you have a lot to do in your mind, your to-do list is ever growing. A woman's work is never done. I never really understood that until I became a mom. And wow. And to all the moms out there, kudos to you. And the more children you have, the more kudos to you. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's our responsibility, not only to love, feed, and clothe our children, but to teach them and discipline them. And a lot of screen time is not going to do it. So it's not an easy task. I was talking to some of my uh, co-workers about this. And they were like, oh, when, before we did, before January started, they were like, what? What are you going to do? Oh my gosh, I could not make it without screen time. Then just a couple of weeks ago, they were like, hey, whatever happened to your screen time? Did y'all make it the whole month? I was like, no, I didn't. But, you know, I'm not giving up. We're going to find a healthy rhythm that we can use screen time together to where our family continues to grow together and not move towards isolation moms what about y'all what do you do for screen time in your home are there any rules regulations that you've used are there any you've been thinking about using what are your guidelines for technology in your home 
or screen time. Also, um, if you have any tools that you use, because I'm just now hitting that arena of needing to start looking for tools to manage the content, please share. And let's keep this conversation going on Facebook at Life Behind the Scene Mommy Mondays. Thanks for listening. This is Jenny signing off until next week.